Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. Clearly when we have the right perspective of Jesus, it's easy to be in awe of him for all that he does. I'm getting a real somber sense from people today. Is life beating you up? <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh. This is a long joke, so I have to read it. <laughs> a man dies and goes to heaven. I love these. They're always fun. Because St. Peter's there waiting, right? And he's at the pearly gates, and he says, how it works is this. You need to score 100 points to get in the gate. Now, basically, what you're going to do is you're going to tell me all the good things you did, and I'm going to give you some points. And if you make it to 100, we'll let you in. Okay, the man says, he says, I was married to the same woman for 50 years, never cheated, not even in my heart. That's wonderful, St. Peter says. That's worth two points. Two points, the guy says. Two points? Ugh. Well, I attended church all my life and supported its ministry with my giving and my service. Peter says, terrific. I'll give you a point for that. One? One point? Ugh. I started a soup kitchen in my city and worked in a shelter for homeless veterans. Fantastic. That's good for two more points. At this point, he's exasperated, and he's like, two points, two points? Oh. Well, at this point, the guy's exasperated, and he says, at this rate, the only way I'm going to get through those gates is by the grace of God. 100 points, welcome. <laughs> we forget that it's the grace of God. We forget that he's the one that's done so much. The problem is is we think that's what he wants to do all the time, is do it all. And we forget that there's a part for us to be involved here. The cool part about being a Bible-believing Christian, right, is we always say this all the time, it's a relationship, it's a relationship, it's a relationship. But if you treated any person the way we often treat God, you wouldn't have a relationship with them either. So we, we have it in our head, but we really sometimes don't live it out in our life. And that's why, whoop, where'd it go? <laughs> Stop trying to be like Jesus. You're like, what? Dave has lost his mind. What happened? <laughs> Stay with me to the end, and this will make far more sense. Because it's like, we have this idea of Jesus, We have this perception of Jesus that we kind of throw out there and we think, that's how I have to live my life. That's what I have to do. And yes, Christ is an example. Christ has provided so much for us to, to see and to look at. But we have to remember, okay, we are not going to be him. We're not going to be as perfect and do those things like him. He's God and man. We cannot do that. We're incapable of it. So stick with me. Someone once said, when you try to be something you are not, it never turns out the way you hope. That person's Newton. 
But trying to be something that you are not is only going to frustrate you. It's interesting. Uh, when we lived in California, there's a group of people that the news media call California poor. No, California car poor. Because what happens is they drive 50, 60, 70,000 or up dollar cars. And then you go into the neighborhood and their houses look like they should be condemned or whatever, because th that's the impression that they want to give to people, is that they live this high life. And it's crazy, they're trying to be something they're not. We've got, you know, the 70-year-old man trying to act like a college student, right? <laughs> We've got high school students who are trying to be LeBron, right? And the thing is, we try to do that so many times with our Christian life as well. We, or we try to put these things on so that you know, we, can, we can feel Christian, we can look Christian, and it's, you know, it's interesting, one of the songs you sang, right? It's not so much of these things, it's our love that's gonna be, perfect song today, Mel, thanks. Our love is what's gonna prove these things, and it's like that's gonna be something that's ingrained in us, that's in our heart, that's part of who we are and how we work, how we live, how we live out stuff. We've got to remember Right? Jesus is God, and he's way out of our league, yet he's very accessible to us. But we are not supposed to just be like him. Because the cool part about who God is and how he works is, I look around in this room, and he has a plan, a specific plan, for every single one of us. And it's not the same path as Jesus led. That was his path to lead. He knit us together in our, your mother's womb, right? Our mother's womb with specific skills, with specific strengths, with specific talents. And he wants us to tap into those and live those out. The uniqueness of who we are. You know, the, the Lord gives us this wonderful picture of the body of Christ and how there's supposed to be this functioning where everybody understands who they are, the part they are, and then they live out in that part. You know, the, the scripture says, you know, everybody can't be the ear, everybody can't be the eye, everybody can't be the hand. No, because it would be this awkward looking body. And sometimes that's what the church looks like outside, is this awkward looking body because everybody's trying to be something that they weren't created to be. And not only that, I mean, I counsel with Christians who are so frustrated with their Christian walk because it's like, I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to do that and I'm still not feeling the joy, I'm still not being fulfilled, I'm still not living this life that God says is supposed to be so wonderful and beautiful. And oftentimes it's because we have this idea, this picture of Christian living or Christian life that's just not accurate. Because when we tap into what God has for us, it's an awesome life. It's a joy-filled life. Now, it's not always easy, not always, you know, bump-free, but it's incredible. I believe it is possible to be like Jesus, and we should want to be, but we won't get there trying to be like him. Uh, Jesus is God, and we have to remember that, and we have to let him speak into our lives and provide, develop that relationship. Christ-likeness requires the enabling and transforming power of God's spirit. And this doesn't happen through osmosis. Just showing up to church, not going to happen. Sleeping on your Bible, not going to happen. 
listening to podcasts. It's, it's more than just going through the motions of some of these Christian activities that is going to provide for us all that God has for us. Because God has so much. He wants a rich, full life of depth. And sometimes we just settle for just the surfacey kind of stuff. And we think, oh, okay, this is the Christian life. I guess it's not everything that I thought it was going to be. First, we have to start off with the effort that we put into our Christian living in the right things. Okay, Philippians 2, uh, 12 to 13. It says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Working with God to produce the best you can. It doesn't say that, I'm saying that. See, we need to work with him. We have to develop the relationship. We have to hear him, learn how to hear him. Right? The still, small voice. And I'll tell you, it's like, we don't put ourselves in that position often where it's quiet. I mean... Right? For most of us, that feels awkward. We're so used to noise, 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 noise. And quiet feels awkward to us. But that's in the still quiet, that's when God speaks. Because he wants us to slow down enough and calm down enough to hear him. A lot of Christians that I work with in the counseling room are doing good stuff all the time. They're trying, trying, trying hard, hard, working, working, working. But unfortunately, oftentimes, it's not God stuff that they're working. And again, like I said, it's good stuff. Really hard, hard work. But oftentimes, it's not God stuff. And that takes a little bit more effort. That takes a little bit more work on our part to really tap into what God wants from us. It takes a slowing down. It takes this calming down to spend time in his word, to spend time in his creation. I don't know about you, but when I go out into his creation and I let it soak in, I always hear from him. God is so loud out there in the quiet. <laughs> it's like, what? But it's true. But we have to make the effort to let him talk to us. Because it's like, if we're running, it's like he, he wants us, that's part of free will that he gives us. He wants us to understand a lot of the words that we sang today, right? So that we go to him, that we allow him to, to come into our lives. And you're like, well, allowing God. Yeah, we have to allow him to come into our life. We have to yield, we have to submit, we have to lay down those things that are barriers oftentimes for God to work in our lives. Because we're trying to be like Jesus. It's like, it's crazy. And we're like, why isn't God working? Why isn't God working? Why isn't he answering my prayers? Why isn't he doing this? And it's like, you're not really taking that time to listen to him. You think you know what God wants. You think you know what's going to be the answer. Have you ever gotten to that place where you're like, oh, if I just had this... Uh, that would make the difference. And then you get it, and it's like, ah, didn't make the difference. 
I've been there. God knows what we need. And he's willing to wait. He's willing to wait. He's not going to push himself on you. So effort in the right things is very important, but also the right kind of effort. Uh, go to Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. It says this, But the fruit of the Spirit, now catch that, the fruit of the Spirit. You're like, all right, fruit of the Spirit, what are you talking about? What the Spirit produces in our life, okay? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, if you're a Christian, Bible-believing Christian, the Spirit is in you. And these things should be produced in your life. And if you're not seeing them, if you're not experiencing them, there is a problem. Now, it's funny, I, you know, I've been challenged to kind of look at Scripture in a new way and not just take it for what it says. And what I find, whenever there's a list now, and it's specific, and this is specific to the Spirit, and it's specific to the Christian, and how it's supposed to work, but that what isn't on the list? What doesn't the Spirit produce? Not courage, not obedience, not honesty, not thankfulness or gratitude. And these are important things. In fact, thankfulness is a crucial attitude that's required by God for all people, yet not supplied by the Spirit. Why? Why would that be? Because the Spirit has a very specific job, and he's only going to produce these very specific things in our life because that's how God set it up. Diligence, perseverance, respect, all vital moral traits, still not in this list of the fruit of the Spirit. Why do you think that is? Because God did not intend for the Spirit to provide those things. We've got to get involved here. We've got to do our part in the relationship. So what do you think? What kind of things produce these types of traits? Could it be circumstances, hardships, events in our life, decisions, good or bad outcomes, consequences for our choices? Or does it seem that these things are only developed in concert with God's Spirit, working with Him, developing those things? working with them through the exercise of the human will and in the faith required to experience the Spirit's transforming work. There's a oneness that needs to become part of our relationship with God, and that's working with him. And God does not force himself on us. He wants to be invited in. He lives there, and it's like, okay, so that, it should be easy. But sometimes we fight him on stuff. We get prompted in our heart, or we have these kind of thoughts or motivations that we go, ooh, I can't do that. That's out of my comfort zone. Or, ooh, I don't want to do that, or whatever the case may be. And God's not going to force us. But we need to understand that until we start listening to those things and acting in that way, we're missing out. We're losing an opportunity to see God work to see his hand function in our life. Christ-likeness is a joint effort between God and us. It's a relationship. 
Think about your relationships. Which ones do you love the most? Right? The person you text with all the time. The person you're messaging constantly. The person you can't wait to see. The person that you want to share news or excitement with, right? Those are relationships that you care about. Those are relationships that you love. Those are relationships that you thrive with. Do you have that kind of a relationship with the Lord? Is he that kind of connected to your day-to-day life? To where it's like you want to tell him stuff. You want to hear from him. You want to see him work. You want to do stuff together. And I know it's like you think, we can't see him. We can't touch him. We can't really. But you can. And it's going to look different. And it's going to be different. And we've got to figure that out. But I mean, God said we are to have this relationship with him. So that makes me believe it's possible. I believe it even more because I experience it. And no, it's, it's not easy to get there. It, it's not like, you know, okay, God, just kind of throw this stuff at me and, you know, change me, change me, change me, change me, change me. No, I have to get involved. I've got to do my part in the relationship. And the cool part is, is God is so gracious. You know, we do little things, and he, boom, blesses us huge. It's like he wants to encourage us. Keep going, keep going. It's sort of like, you know, the baby you want to walk. You know, they kind of get up there, and they're all like this. And you're like, come on, come on, you can do it. And like, I mean, we, we're, not, we're just asking him to take five steps right across the room just to come to us. But God is, I would say, equally excited when we just start to move in his direction. Wanting him to, to get involved in our life. And he's so gracious because he always blesses way more than what we give. And I think it's just to keep encouraging us to keep taking steps, keep moving forward. All right, so your personal effort. Let's talk about that a minute. Turn to 2 Peter 1, verses 3 through 8. And here's where it starts to get challenging. 2 Peter 1, 3 through 8 starts this way. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped from the corruption that is in the world because of sinful desire. Now catch these next verses. For this very reason, make every effort. Who's supposed to be doing the work here? Who? Him or us? Thank you. Thank you. Us is the answer. You are correct. To those of you who said us. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control, and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if these qualities are yours and are increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you want to get to know God better. You want to see him. You want to start understanding how this all works. We've got to get busy. 
We've got to get busy bringing these things into our life, helping us understand and grow and change and sanctify ourselves. Because this world wants to rob us. That's Satan's agenda. He's in control right now. He wants to rob us. He wants us to think. I mean, to me, the Christian that says, oh, I don't know if this Christian life really works, breaks my heart. Because it's like, well, I'm a Christian, and it's really working for me, and I don't get it. Why doesn't it work for you? Because some people are waiting for God to do it all, and they don't even move toward God. They don't even look toward God. They just think it's going to happen. And it doesn't work that way. There's personal effort that has to get involved. Personal effort is presented in four verses here. A significant amount of human effort that's needed to develop fruit-bearing Christians. God's desire is cooperation. Working together. Spudazzo. Mike's going, I know that word. <laughs> the Greek word translated effort. It's, a, it's an interesting word because there's this, this eagerness, earnestness, diligence, haste, labor, study, being zealous to accomplish something. That's what this word, I know it sounds like something from a commercial, right? Abundanza, but no, it's spadazzo. <laughs> effort. Make every effort. Be eager, be diligent, have haste, labor. Be zealous to accomplish this. That's what God's asking us to do. And the cool part is, I mean, God is so gracious because he's just wanting to bless. He's wanting to provide for us things that are going to encourage us, things that are going to fill our hearts to this place where it's like, wow, this is the Christian life. This is how it looks. This is how it feels. I want to get involved even more. And we start doing things in living ways that we never thought we would because when God gets into our heart in a way where he's in control and he's calling the shots and we're listening to him and we're working with him, it's a different life. But it's our life. And it may not look exactly like Jesus' path. And sometimes we struggle with that. Verse 8, it says, For if these qualities are yours and are increasing. I know we all don't like change, but we should be still increasing, increasing in these attitudes, in these mindsets, in these behaviors. That needs to be part of our life. We don't just get saved and that's the end. And that's what a lot of people think. It's like, oh, I'm saved. Boop. Check out. No. That's the beginning of the whole thing. Salvation is the start. It's the foundation. Then you build the house on top of that. If these qualities are yours and increasing, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if that's how you're feeling today, if you're feeling, oh, I just, I don't, I'm not making a difference, I, nothing's happening, you know where to start. Develop your relationship with the Lord. Understand what he wants from you. Peter educates us how this is supposed to work. Make every effort to add to your faith, goodness, to goodness, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, self-control, perseverance, perseverance, godliness, godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. 
And part of that self-control is just dialing ourselves back and saying, I'm going to wait on the Lord to let him lead me here. Because sometimes we grab onto something and we run with it and we think this is what God wants from us and it really isn't. God's enabling power to be like Jesus is available, but it does require us to make every effort to experience it. It's not about focusing our effort on trying to be like Jesus. And we, we try to look at these different things that he did and, you know, the world's on, you know, the, the WWJD thing, what would Jesus do? Not that that's a bad thing. I'm not putting that down at all. But, you know, I, I, I make those connections a lot. But I try to understand his attitude or whatever. I don't try to, I'm never going to be able to be like him and have the same mindset and the same heart and the same understanding. I can only understand me. We need to do our best with the moral strength and spiritual blessings we have already been given. That's the cool part. God has provided for us already attitudes, understanding, beliefs, those kinds of things. And that's our starting point. And so many times we're defeated as believers because it's like, oh, I'm nothing like Jesus, or I don't have these things, or I'm not, I can't, you know, whatever. And we feel defeated most of the time. And God's not asking us to be there. He's just asking us to, hey, meet with me and start with me and let's move forward together. Now, the whole idea of effort, right? The woman with the issue of blood, right, that we see in Mark. We're not going to turn there, but I'm just going to go through the story. She's, she's a great example of just making every effort, right? Twelve years of dealing with this issue. 12 years. We don't like to deal with issues for 12 minutes, right? We want the microwave solution. She had gone to every doctor. She spent her money for a cure. Nothing worked. She heard about Jesus, heard that he was near. She sought him out. She needed to overcome the crowd. She struggled to get to him. She believed that all she needed was to touch him. That's how much faith she had. I just need to touch him. That's all I need. I'll be healed then because that's how powerful he is. She believed that she could just touch his garment. She didn't need attention or focus. She didn't want to make a big to-do. She just wanted healing. She risked humiliation. She was risking the potential of rebuke. She didn't know what was going to go down. She fought her way through the crowd until she reached Jesus, touching his garment and being healed. But the story goes on, which I find interesting, because it could have just ended there. She was healed. Hallelujah, wow, that's wonderful. But no, Jesus is about relationship, right? God's involvement. Jesus sends power going out for him. Two people are involved here. And God wants us to understand that's how it works. There's this unity that we need to have with our Savior and understanding. He stopped to ask, who touched me? He wanted to know. He wanted the relationship. He just didn't want to be handing out miracles just for miracles' sake. He wants a relationship with us. Jesus waited until the individual was known. And then Jesus made his point. She had been healed because of her faith. It's a beautiful story because it's not just this hit-and-run thing. It's not just this kind of mistaken or, you know, it's... 
about building a relationship with God and understanding that there's care and concern and intimacy there. And so much of us are craving those things and we, we try to get them in other ways or other places and they are just unbelievable imposters that rob us of the true depth that God can provide in our life. When we believe Jesus is the answer, we will make every effort to connect with him. Think about that for a moment. When we believe that he's the answer, we'll make every effort to get to him. And we've got to start doing that with more and more things in our life. The woman's faith compelled her to get to Jesus. Her effort was fueled by her faith. For 12 years, she had been making every effort to overcome her circumstances. Now, do the moral traits missing in Galatians reveal our part in the process of becoming more Christ-like? Because we understand what the Spirit's part is. Now we've got to start learning to get involved. Now, I alluded to this earlier. We're going to talk about it for just a minute. But your effort versus your perceived Jesus effort. I hope like, you catch that. I asked my wife, I'm like, does this make sense? <laughs> She's like, yeah, it makes sense to me, so... I trust my wife. Should you just keep choosing godly qualities and give it your best shot and keep trying to be like Jesus? And oftentimes, that's what we do. Well, Jesus did this, and Jesus did that, and Jesus was like this. And so we try to kind of adapt those things in our life, and then it doesn't work out for us, and we go, I don't get this Christian life. What's the deal? You know, let's just kind of randomly, patience, right? We all, I don't know how many people have heard, please pray for me to be patient. We all want patience, right? And when we pray for it, guess what? God never gives us patience. He only gives us opportunities to grow patience, which means problems. So if you're praying for patience, just understand that's coming your way. But let's, for a minute, look for patience, right? Should you just be like Jesus with difficult people? Well, Jesus was, he was this way and he was that way. And so that's, that's what you do. If we could do that, we'd be doing it already, right? It's like saying, well, you know, this sin really is, is a problem for me. Oh, well, just to stop doing it. Well, if, that was, if it was that easy, we'd just be doing those things, right? So that can't be the answer here. Do you use what love you have found for people to produce some kind of patience on your own? And that's oftentimes what we do, people. We try to muster up this kind of, all right, I'm going to be patient with this person. But who's, who's involved there? That's just us. It's all us trying to make it work. We're still missing a component here. Do we just operate with all the patience we already have? Stop worrying about being as patient as Jesus? And there is a difference. Do we give our attention to what we're capable of versus what we're not capable of? Work with God instead of apart from him? See, that's, you know, there, there used to be a song we used to sing for invitations, right? Just as I am. And it, it, that's where God wants us to show up every day. This is who I am. This is how I am. And you know what, God, because you put a lot of these things in me. Some of these things I've developed on my own that we need to get rid of, but some of these things are good things. So work with me. And that's what he wants to do. And, and some of us have a lot of patience, and some of us have none. And that's just our starting point. Because then when we start working with God, he will grow us in those things. 
may be differently from how we think. It may look different from how we want it to look. But we've got to trust God knows what he's doing. Now, if I was going to take up cycling, right? All the camera people are like, he's moving, oh no! <sighs> if I was going to take up cycling, and I, I kind of go through all the motions of, all right, this is how old I am, and this is what, like the pace of people my age, and this is the distance I want to go, and okay, I figured all of that stuff out. And then I kind of go, well, how are other people doing? And, and I look at like some 22-year-old premier cyclist and look at what his pace is and his distances and all that kind of stuff. Which one should I choose to start with? Mine, within my age group, within my kind of skill set and all that kind of stuff? Or do I, I pick the premier player's stats and try to go for those? And now, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm the type of person that's like, well, I'd love to operate at a premier level and that'll really challenge me and I, I should go, uh, you know, just go after those. Well, he's a premier cyclist. He's probably way more conditioned than me. He's probably been doing it a lot longer than me, even though I'm just starting out. But he's, he's listed as a premier cyclist. It would be crazy for me to try to do what he does. In fact, I could probably get injured, get hurt, who knows what could happen. You know, it's funny, I just I saw Mike, and I'm like, oh, I, I can imagine if somebody walked into the gym and like, you know, I'm gonna start doing deadlifts. Uh, who, who does the biggest one? I'm gonna start there. That would be crazy. When we try to put ourselves to be like Jesus, we're choosing the wrong, it's not so much the goal, but we're choosing the wrong starting place for ourselves. And what happens is we get defeated. We get overwhelmed. We get hurt. He's like, God, what's this Christian life supposed to be? I'm trying to be like you. I'm trying to do these things. I'm putting all this effort in. And that's the one thing I will say. Man, believers try hard. Work hard to be Christian. And I think that, that's the defeating point right there. You're trying to be something. Your perceived understanding of what Jesus wants from you. He designed you specifically to be you. That's your starting point. It's good to be like Jesus, but stop trying to be as good as Jesus. When you express as much effort as you can, it's then that God can supply what you lack and something miraculous happens. You want to start seeing his hand? Just be honest with where you're at. And I know we all struggle with that. Oh, I'm just, I'm, I'm here. And we think, I shouldn't be here, I should be here. Well, no. Maybe you will be someday, but it's like, okay, this is where I am, and it's okay. You know, we're, we are so quick to beat ourselves up. We are so quick to hammer ourselves on what we aren't doing or where we're not at or whatever. And instead of just focusing on, okay, here's my starting point. Here's where I am. Because it's fine. There's nothing wrong with, here's where I am. Because that's when God has an opportunity to come in and grow you a little more. Add a little bit more to your life. If you want to see something miraculous, just start being honest with yourself and where you're at. Which honest effort 
Uh, Matthew 25, 14 through 30, which is the account of the talent, okay? And this gives us a great understanding because it's like so often we're looking at other Christians for our cues. We're looking at other Christians, you know, oh, I'm better than that one. Uh, oh boy, oh, I want to be like that one. And, and we kind of look around the room and we've got to stop doing that. You know, God is not this, he's not up there just with a cookie cutter going, this is what I want, this is what I want, it's all the same, it doesn't look different. Look at this world. There's so much diversity, there's so much difference. I mean, you look at the bugs, how many crazy bugs we've got. You know, to me, we don't need any, but it's like we've got plenty. (laughs) God is into different, God is into unique, and he's got reasons for it all that we just don't get. But we've got to start embracing Honest effort. So talking about the accounts of the talents. Again, we're not going to look there. You can if you'd like. It's Matthew 25, 14 through 30. But I'm just going to hit the highlights. Master gives three people varying amounts of money to be used, ultimately to produce and increase in value. Two of the three did as they were asked and produced healthy returns for the master. One didn't do a thing. All he did was protect it from loss. The master returned to settle with each, rewarding the two, which had done what he had asked, and punished the other. The servants who invested all through, even though they were given different amounts, received the same reward. Pretty cool, right? He's not asking us to do more than we can. He's just asking us to do all that we can with what we have. And that's the thing is, he provides us with so much. He's provided you with your skill set. He's provided you with the talents you have. He's provided you with all of these things. And he's like saying, embrace them. Enjoy them. Develop them. Increase in them. But we struggle with that sometimes, and we want to be like, do like someone else. Those who are faithful with, with what they have, however little, increases the result. God created us with the willpower equipping us with some capacity to act with Christ-like qualities. If you act with as much patience as you possess, what he has given to you, he will then provide more, and your patience will increase. See, we've got to start trusting him. Um, my, My... I don't know, it blows my mind. People trust him with eternity. Everybody trusts him with, when I die, I'm going to heaven, and all that kind of stuff. But we can't trust him with today, And what needs to happen with today, we struggle with that. And just don't understand why oftentimes. Think of the freedom this could provide if you just dial back to, okay, here's who I am, here's where I am, and here's my starting place. Instead of kind of pushing yourself to this crazy place of perfection that only Jesus really possesses. Being the best you, the you that God knit together and created versus being a defeated Jesus wannabe. Just being you and just making every effort to demonstrate whatever quality that you have been given, which enables you to become more and more like Jesus by the blessing of God. See, that's the thing. That's where God wants to do it all. He wants you to see He's adding, he's providing, he's growing you, he's nurturing you along the way. We struggle with that as people. We want to say, I did it! I beat the odds! 
it was me. We like that. It's fun. It feels good. But we're the ones that get glorified in those moments. Because God wants to hear, I couldn't have done it without the Lord. God strengthened me to persevere through this. God provided for me in this. Because he wants to be glorified. He wants to be magnified. He wants to be seen. Because otherwise, the unsaved world thinks, okay, it's just about working hard. It's just about doing these things. It's just about... And that's why there's such a mixed message today, I think, with the unsaved world and Christians. Unsaved world thinks, oh, I just have to become judgmental and give up a bunch of stuff, and uh, I'll be just like them. They've got to start seeing God. And, And that's... They see him as we start to grow his involvement in our life, and he becomes bigger and bigger, and we become less and less. We're challenged not to be conformed to this world, which the conforming process basically is just don't, you don't even have to make an effort, and you will become conformed to this world. Uh, Are you aware of the areas in your life where you need to make every effort to demonstrate what you've been given? Do you know where you're at? Do you know what your starting place is? Have you been honest with yourself? Or are you spiritually codependent, expecting God to provide everything without any effort from you? That's not a relationship I would want. I don't know about you, but I've been in relationships where it's take, 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 and there's not much give. They're not fun. In fact, they become resentful and hard. Are you willing to make every effort to be more Christ-like? Think about that. Think about the woman with the issue for 12 years. I mean, to me, that's the epitome of making every effort. And look at how much faster it was when she made every effort to get to Jesus versus all the other things that she tried. The truth of this is just doing more than nothing and exhibiting what God has already given you. Christ like kindness. Be as kind as your heart already knows how to be. But that's hard, right? Just doing that, that's hard. True. Using the right tone of voice when you're frustrated, not stamping at someone and being done with it, using words that are edifying when someone is acting poorly, not taking the sarcastic way out, which is easier takes no effort at all to pass on small elements of criticism or paying someone back with a cold shoulder. Those things are easy to do. But they're not going to provide unity. They're not going to magnify God. They're not going to show him more. Our conscience oftentimes in those moments says, you know better than that. (laughs) Ever been there? It kind of comes out of your mouth. I don't know, maybe I just let my mouth fly too much, but it's like I've had those moments where it's like the words go out and I go, oh, I probably know that probably should not happen that way. Should have looked a little differently. But it's so much easier to not make any effort toward forgiveness, understanding, and grace. But we've got to start doing that, as Christians especially. We can go through our lives saying that we want to be Christ-like and demanding nothing of our own souls, yet expecting God to give Give, give. And I would label that a very unhealthy relationship. One more verse, we're almost home. 2 Peter 1.3 
His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory. His divine power. That's what we have to be seeking. Not our work, not our struggle, not our beating ourselves up. We are capable of some self-control despite abuse. We are capable of some kindness despite criticism. We are capable of some gentleness despite disrespect. And we are capable of some faithfulness despite neglect. Challenge yourself to the capacity you possess and you'll be provided more through God's heart. He will provide. He will show up. It's as simple as do your part, making every effort to use the resources you already possess, knowing God will do his part and show up. Remember, nothing is more futile than a Christian, no matter how devout, trying to be like Jesus. God wants you to be you with him in your life. Okay, let's pray. Father, we come before you today, and this is kind of heavy and kind of overwhelming, and it's a huge challenge to us as believers. Because so often we hold Jesus up, and we try to adopt and adapt our lives to just have some kind of feeling or look like him, to feel better about our Christian walk, our Christian life. When, Lord, you have such a different plan for us. Lord, I pray that as we kind of go out today that we will take whatever you've highlighted in people's hearts, help them to understand their starting point where you want to work with them and grow them. Lord, I pray for believers that are, are beating themselves up because they're, they're less than or they're not a certain way or they aren't whatever and help them to understand you love them, you care for them, and you just want to be more involved in their life. Lord, show us all how to decrease in ourselves and increasing your involvement. Enable us to hear your voice more clearly on a regular basis so that we can walk the path that you have for each one of us. Lord, we thank you, we praise you for your word, for what it provides. Lord, everything that pertains to life and godliness as we read earlier you have not left us here on our own to just figure it out. You provide it all. All we need to do is start listening and start living. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.